forget. 78, geez. The biggest myth in the church is the existence of neutrality. A state without godly morals will have pagan morals. In Virginia's legal code in 1610, it says, whereas his majesty, like himself, most zealous prince, has in his own realms a principal care of true religion and reverence to God, and has always strictly commanded his generals and governors with all his forces wheresoever to let their ways be like his ends for the glory of God. You see, we worship in church. The pagans, though, they worship in state and national capitals, and they work endlessly to silence your voice and values. Is worship something more important than just raising our hands in the air and singing into the air and looking at the heavens? What does it really mean to live a Christian life? What does it mean to have a biblical worldview? Does it mean that we keep our morals, our standards, God's word in a closet? Or does it mean we engage in the public forum? What has our political and civic neutrality given America? Fatherless homes? Child sacrifice? Gender rebellion? The absence of our voice in the public square has come with real consequences. And so while the redeemed use orange man bad and mean tweets as the excuse to abandon godly morals, it's becoming abundantly clear that it's up to us, the obedient, to organize, speak up, and challenge the status quo within our walls and tribes. If we want a godly America, a righteous America, a loving America, we must disciple America by living out our faith in the public square. This week on the Patriot Collective Podcast, we ask, is it time for Christian nationalism? Stay tuned. All right, all right. So we are back another day on with the Patriot Collective Podcast, and I am excited to be sharing on this subject matter because um, it, it's almost called, you know, like building up and building up all the topics that we're bringing up, uh, things that are impacting our nation, things that are happening in our churches, things that are happening in our homes, even our businesses. Um, this world has gone through such a shift uh, in the last 10 years that I can't tell you that I, I do not recognize it at all. I, I, I tell you, it is it is gone moral bankrupt. So let's start in prayer. And we're, we're going to get right into the subject. And I want to thank Josh Matias, of course, for always join, joining us and sharing his wisdom and, and his conviction with the Lord speaking to him on these type of subjects. And um, and so we'll, we'll start in prayer. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for Josh. We thank you, Lord, that we can come together, share in the Lord, and then, of course, share our heart with, with the public, especially in matters of faith, in matters of freedom, matters of our home, Lord. Use this podcast, Lord, to glorify yourself and to bring honor to Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, uh, so Josh, I, you know, one of the things I, I know we were talking earlier and you were saying how th this subject matter is sort of new to you. Um, and, you know, that's probably um, symptomatic of 
actually what we're talking about, right? I mean, a lot of people don't know what the debate on Christian nationalism is. Uh, a lot of folks maybe don't have a lot of exposure to this. Um, and it really is about the problem of neutrality that's happened in the church when it comes to uh, anything that has to do with politics or civic public square, um, things in our local communities and getting involved. And so we're, we're going to start off there on the problem, the problem of neutrality. Um, what, why is it that you think um, the church is so uh, neutral when it comes to uh, politics or when it comes to involvement in our local communities? Man, I, I think that what's going on, well, <clears throat> we, we miss, I miss Isaac, so uh, since he's not here, actually he's here, look, I brought Isaac with me, so he's going to be right here, standing here, we miss you, buddy, oh, Isaac, Isaac has been busy with the work, so we're very busy with the work, so he's, he's not here, but we miss you, buddy. Um if I had a camera, camera, we could just like point it to him and add a third, a third window. That's oh, that's hilarious. I, I I'll just keep him here. But in reality, <laughs> w what's going on? Do you agree? Yeah, he agrees. Um, what's going on with the church, man, is the kind of like what we talked about last week. It's, it has to do with apathy. It has to do with people maybe not caring enough. And, and it not always it, it is about caring. It, it also has to do with not wanting to upset others, to wanting to, to kind of like of course, how they always use the Bible wrong, how they say, oh, we got to love everyone. It's all about love. You know, we don't want to upset other people. And when we end up not wanting to upset other people, what happens? You know, we have we have to accept everything they do right. because we don't want to accept them, you know. Uh, and the Bible tells us clearly that in order for us to love our neighbors, we have to tell them the truth. So when the church stopped doing that, when they started becoming soft in some of these themes, uh, that's that's why uh, all this is happening. You know, it, it's I blame the church as a whole, not any specific individual. I know there's a lot of churches. My church is awesome. They preach the, the gospel. They preach the truth. <clears throat> the pastor, you know, he, he's, he's on fire. Okay. But, you know, the church in general, we are a body. You know, and I think as a whole, we have kind of like let go what the truth is just because we don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings. Right. Amen. Yeah, I, I, I'm 100 percent. I think it's almost symptomatic of the larger issue that we've been talking about, even when we were discussing um, the gospel. Right. And and the fading away of of theology and doctrine in the church and and just sort of staying nebulous, I think that has created a problem because as the fo the focus of the church has been about growth models and getting people in and keeping people in their seats, um, I think the church has turned into uh, a mirror of the secular world outside. We, we don't want to upset anybody. We have these large... Um, uh, what would I say, mortgages and, and, and responsibilities we have to pay. Um, and so what ends up happening, of course, is we, we need to keep everybody happy. We need to keep everybody giving. 
We need to keep everybody comfortable, positive, and I think uh, bringing up some of the things that we're discussing in terms of um, civic duty, civic responsibility, engagement in the public square, um, it, it certainly brings an issue. Now, I, I like the fact that you said that we have to speak the truth, and we certainly do. Jesus, um, uh, I love the way Jesus presents it, you know, because uh, the world paints a hippie Jesus, and the world paints a Jesus that um, is just like, person who doesn't want to bring strife and and he's he carrying the little goat his the, the little lamb you know <laughs> yeah. jesus with the lamb he's so jesus soft, with the lamb so nice. right yeah isaac yeah. agrees isaac agrees <laughs> it's a, in, a, in luke chapter 12 verse 49 jesus says i came to cast fire on earth and would that it would were already kindled and it says, I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think that I've come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, in one house, there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. There will be divided father against son, son against daughter, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And so I, you know, and I know there's a lot of prophetic meaning behind this, and it, and and there's a lot of prophetic meaning with with dealing with Israel. But my my point in this is that Jesus is making it clear that his intention is to shake things up. And, and to shake things up in such a way that it's going to inevitably cause division. And so what we're seeing right now is just sort of a, like you said, an apathy when it comes to the public square. And we don't readily want to talk about politics. And and so let's highlight that for a second, um, Josh. What, what do you think? Why? How? How has that become a part of our fabric? I remember when we were in church together, and and my father would preach, and he would share something political, and people would would be like, you know, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't talk about politics. You know, wh why is that? You know, just besides the membership and not wanting to anger people, but what 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 else do you think is behind some of that? Again, uh, as Christians. Uh, we live in a world, you know, that, that you know, there's a government that imposes rules on top of us, you know, things that we got to follow, things that we got to do. So I don't think there's anything wrong with a preacher uh, just kind of like, you know, educating the people on, on what certain, you know, politics believe because we have to align with some you know with some of the things they believe. We can't just go vote for someone that's going to that's going to go kill babies. You know, we can't just align with someone that's going to allow our children in school to be taught things that that are unethical. You know, and and your your father, I, I know your father. It's it's he's he's like that's where you got it from. You guys are very have very strong personalities. You guys uh, are are into politics. You guys study that stuff, and and I think that if you know the truth, again, we go back to knowing the truth and wanting other people to 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 be better off you know if 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 i see you that you're gonna get hurt 
okay and or maybe something that you're gonna do is gonna hurt other people i gotta warn you i gotta tell you hey man this is not correct you know this is kind of like what aligns with the bible we have to align with the bible uh i'm not talking about any party or anything but if a, a specific party aligns more with the word of god that's who we have to vote for because that you know that that that's what we believe in Amen. you know that if we don't do that then and, and teach people you know that's what the pod these podcasts that's what i'm doing it. i've never done anything like this you know I, I can't even speak that good but but i'm doing it because i, I want to learn and i want to educate people on on certain things certain topics that the church you know it sometimes is blind about amen amen absolutely you know one of the things that i i remember just going in my past um you know, people have self-interest. And I think that whenever we get into the public square, the the problem of politics, the problem of talking about these things within the congregation and church becomes divisive um, because it conflicts and it exposes our real uh, allegiance. So in other words, um, how do dare we say that we are pro-scripture, uh, we are for freedom, we want to worship openly, but we support policies that actually silence Christianity because I might get a check in my pocket or mm -hmm. I might get some welfare or, or government assistance in a certain area. And so, uh, and so what I think this does in the church is it exposes really our true allegiance to the word of god our true allegiance to living a christian life i remember the big debate when donald trump was first elected was the wall and the border and they said this man is a racist and there were a lot of people in the spanish church that didn't want donald trump in office because they felt like he was anti-immigrant um and and then within you know and his point was no i'm, I'm for legal uh immigration not illegal right and we never really and, and within the church we didn't really develop an idea behind that i mean even today um there are people in the church that advocate for lawlessness and there's a way to pass a law that would make immigration better but certainly christians should not be advocating for a lawless way of migrating that would be against the law that would be law breaking and so on these issues and many others i think often what ends up happening is when we don't expose christians to what's happening legislatively when we, or laws that we're creating we we kind of don't disciple them to consider a biblical worldview um they their flesh as a whole starts or their culture begins latching on some policies that are just not biblically approved. And so if we kind of begin talking about them in the Spanish church, like I said, it was immigration, um, you know, uh, abortion, you know, those certain topics that you really can't touch on. How about, um, I remember my father preached a message about, um, you know, uh, living on government dependency and, and, and getting coupons from the government and it, and and a lot of people didn't like that it it ruffled a lot of feathers and so um those are just some of the ideas that i'm kind of thinking about on why 
uh, we are kind of avoid politics in the church. Man, uh, the, the church that I was a part of before, uh, they started a, a ministry called Heartbeat Miami. And the Heartbeat Miami, what they do is they get abortion clinics and they put life clinics in there where they help women. Uh, you know, they minister the word of God to the women not to have abortions, just to keep the baby, give it, give it up for adoption or, or find a solution and minister. And I think in 11 or 12 years, they have saved almost 60,000 uh, babies. And, and something like that is beautiful. And, and my old pastor, man, he was bald when he had to do with abortion and stuff. And, and I think uh, there's not many people like that that, that are bald uh, when it has to do with these topics. Your father was a great example. And, and the church that I'm going to, Pastor Lewis, man, he's amazing at, at just preaching the word of God, not caring. I think I, I know... I know uh, you always say, oh, the big church, you like the smaller churches. And that is the problem with the big church. The big church is that sometimes the pastors, what you say, it's, oh, you know, if I say this, they're not going to give money. Because us as Christians, sometimes if the pastor says what we like, we give more money. And if he doesn't say, you know, if, if he doesn't preach what, you know, we don't like that, we don't give money. Come on, man. It, it's not about that. It's about uh, we're, we're using the air conditioner. You know, we're, we're doing things in that church. We're congregating and stuff. And we got to support where we're getting together. But it, it's not about what the pastor says. If the pastor is preaching the truth, whether we like it or not, whether it's convicting, actually, if it's convicting me, it's even better. You know, I don't care how bad I feel because that, that's his job. His job is to edify us and sometimes to convict us to to be more you know to be more proactive you know in, instead of just sitting there instead of being a seat warmer you know it, it's we got it we were called to action not to just be you know be going every sunday and doing nothing you know mm. we got we, we got to be proactive we got to work you know right and what and uh, you know you mentioned something that i love because this is something that i think the church recently has been grappling with which is it's also about this misunderstanding of love right it's like in order to love a person we've we've been coached by the world because that's this whole tolerance movement this whole idea of love means agreement with you in order for me to love you i have to affirm your sin i have to affirm you and i have to affirm your bad unbiblical choices and so um you mentioned that that it's part of love and so we just sort of have to love uh babies getting murdered and a person's right to to have access to uh, butchering their babies in, in brutal ways, or we have to agree with, um, you know, uh, uh, rebelling against God's order in gender or God's order in marriage. And so we we were almost told that if we if we don't do that, then we're not loving the way Jesus asked us to love. You have any thoughts on that? Talk about talk about love, man. To me, again, it's. The, the word love has been twisted so bad you know and and what they what they when they say love the bible teaches about love jesus taught about love they think that it's love means that i love you regardless of what you do 
mm -hmm. you understand and 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 that love that that tells you regardless of what you do that that's not biblical love biblical love is to tell you the truth to warn you against how you're gonna hurt yourself there's a there's an atheist that to me his definition of love was the best uh you know from Penn and teller uh i don't know if you heard this but he yep. said that how can you know the truth okay that that you're gonna go to hell that you're gonna spend eternity in hell and not tell everyone about it Amen. you understand how unloving can you be right you see we have we have the truth you know the truth is love and that truth is the good news the good news is that there's a way for you not to spend eternity in hell the truth is that there's a way for you to spend eternity with me in heaven okay i know that truth and i want everybody to know it if i don't tell you the truth i'm not loving you mm. and that's it that, that, that's the definition of love mm. it's me telling you the truth whether it's going to hurt your feelings but it's going to save you from eternal perdition. That's Amen. the truth. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, we've read in scripture where it says you hate me because I say the truth. And, and you know, I don't think you can have one with the other, right? It's very unloving not to say the truth. You know, can you imagine if you go into a hospital and a doctor comes to you and he knows you have cancer? And, and he comes in and he tells you, well, you know, um, you know, uh, I, and he starts being around the bush, right? Well, you know, you're, you're really sick, but, um, you know, and we can probably fix this. And you're like, what's wrong with me? Well, you know, you have something that is a little difficult, you know, to manage. And, and really, the truth is, you're going to die in four months if something doesn't happen. And, and, and this is sort of like what you're talking about. It's like, I'm trying to be nice to you, but niceness while the country is burning, is not a very good idea. I heard um, Ray Comfort one day say, you know, with his awesome Australia, Australian accent, because I love his accent, but he's, would you show up? to a person's house who's burning with a cup of water? Would you show up to the house that's burning and there's a blazing fire everywhere, you know, with his accent? He's from, he's from, he's from New Zealand, the New Zealand accent. Is he <laughs> from New Zealand? Zealand? I thought yeah. he was Australian. Okay, <laughs> then it's New, New Zealand. Zealand. <laughs> All right, but you know, he, he tells us a, such a great example. If your house is burning, right? You're, you're, you're not gonna show up with a cup of water. It's not going to do anything. And I think I think that's what we're experiencing in the church. In the church, we have said, oh, they're not in America, they're not going to come for us, you know? And then and then there was the lockdown. And then well, you know, in the church, um, you know, we have religious freedoms and then they they don't allow prayer in 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 these uh, uh graduation ceremonies and and then you know they don't allow bible studies on the on the on the premises on the ground you know and we keep on pushing the envelope it's almost like like well you know it's not really good. and it's happening they're teaching our kids without our permission on how to rebel from god i'll never forget i was hearing a story of someone going into a school and in the school um, these were second graders josh i want you to think about this second graders and in on the desk, there was a scale with a slider on it. And on one end was 
like a little figurine of a male and another one a, a, a female and then they encouraged the boys to slide the scale of where they're identifying throughout the day so you can start off as a boy you can start off in the middle you can slide it but then you were the boy the, the classrooms were encouraged to experiment with different pronouns and th this is what we're dealing with at a second grade level it's insane it's, it's completely it's sickening it's it's amazing it's amazing um so you know this uh, this brings a perfect segue into talking about its impact because I think th this is this is the impact that we've had in the church we've withdrawn from the public square we we don't want to enter into politics um, we don't want to get into the division and, and and that has created an ignorance and influence within the church that I think we can completely see how if you had to put a scale of one to five five being really educated and one being not very educated how educated do you think the church is on the issues that well essentially we're voting on i mean things are becoming laws with or without our input how educated do you think the church is well the church i go to is very educated there are five but i don't know about other churches but i i've been around i, I told you i know a lot of pastors uh, because I fix copiers and also I have the, the hobby of the, the saltwater aquariums and because the aquariums are, are a stress reliever, I know a lot of pastors through that industry too. And I will say, man, I, I speak to a lot of pastors. This weekend there was a, the biggest show in the U.S. It was in Orlando and I was there and, and I, sometimes I speak to some of these uh, some of these people, some of these Christians, because we usually get together, uh, all of us, and we go eat and stuff. And and I think a lot of their church is, it's like, I don't know, like like the ostrich with the head under the sand. Okay, they're focusing on the church alone, and they're not looking outside what's going on outside. And and that's what's happening in a lot of churches. Is they're just focusing on you know, hey, let's let's focus on the congregation. Let's give this message. You know, there's a few visitors. Let's try to get a few converts. And they sometimes forget what's going on outside. Mm. You know, some of these laws, uh, the church is about to lose their tax exemptions. You know, and and that's gonna happen soon. Yeah, where where they're gonna lose all these liberties that were given to them by the founding fathers and it's because they are focusing on the inside of the church only and i think that we have to focus on the outside some of these things that are going on like like this what you just said about that scale man my, my wife is a second grade teacher and and i put a copier in her classroom and when i go fix her copier man you see these little kids and they look like babies and and i can't imagine somebody making one of those little kids take a decision that's going to save somebody's life right you know giving these kids the decision of hey you want to carry a gun something so so crucial how come if 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 a kid a child cannot take decisions like that why are they telling them you know what sex you want to be or stuff like that why are they teaching them why are they breaking their innocence so early you know, mm. it, it's sickening, man. I, I, I really don't know what to say, man. It, it just, it makes me, it makes me very angry. Mm. Uh, we can't curse here, but, you know, it makes me very angry. I think <laughs> Isaac is very angry. Look at Isaac's face. Look how angry he looks. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I think, I think he's, he's very, very upset. He gets, he's very upset. And, and so I think, you know, the, 
the impact I think also is going to be the blessing. And, you know, I think that, you know, the church lives in truth. And eventually, if you're not in truth, then, you know, I, I believe in a God that's sovereign over his church. He is the king of the church. And so um, he will withdraw his blessing, his his favor. He will withdraw any church that desires to live in, in sin and promote darkness. I don't think he's going to have any part of that. And so um, in our in our life, I think we're starting to see a pushback little by little. We're seeing more people bring attention to this. And I think the pendulum has begun to swing the other way. And and so I asked this question because here's a huge impact. And I asked this to you, to the public. Um, what has 25 years of, of the status quo of neutrality, respecting other people's religion, respecting other people's faith, not encroaching on their personal space being agreeable like Vody bakum says before we speak anything about um you know alphabet stuff and, and anytime we get anywhere near that then you know we have to give a five minute apology and preamble about it because we want to be agreeable we want to be seen as nice people what has 20 years of that done for us and what has it done for the church what has it done for the world and the community? What has our silence given to the public? And it's something that we need to think about because I think the public is getting worse. I think people are getting more confused. We're, we're seeing um, these type of issues really, really begin to germinate and expose themselves on what, when you withdraw light um, from the world, it does start to get utterly dark. Yeah, the, the church is scared, man. And again, it, at least some of the churches I know are not. But there's a lot of churches out there. They're scared. Why, why are you so scared of hurting someone, hurting someone's feelings? Okay, man, make them cry, hurt their feelings. Okay, but love them enough where you're going to tell them the truth, where they're going to end up. I don't care, man. Let You know, it, I'm not a pastor of a church, and I imagine the stress on these pastors where they got to pay for these big buildings. But man, I rather I rather be bankrupt, okay? I rather not have a building, get together in a park for free, okay? But be telling the people the truth. I have to worry about if I'm gonna hurt someone, if my congregation is gonna leave, if they're gonna fire me, man, let them fire me. But I, I'm gonna tell them the truth. Stop hiding. Stop being scared, because that's not gonna do anything but continue, continue. The world getting, you know, getting stronger against us, getting more, more ammunition against us, and uh, we're gonna end up, you know, being persecuted, which we're kind of like seeing some of that. Yeah, you know, it, it's the, the the world is turning the truth upside down. You know, it, it's it's everything that we're trying to do good. They're saying it's bad, and we gotta stop. We stop. You know, we we gotta stop worrying about what the world thinks. We gotta worry about what God thinks, not the Amen. world. Amen. Amen. I love that. You know, uh, in speaking about Israel and not entering into rest, um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11 and 12 has a powerful word. Um, it actually goes all the way to 13, but it's powerful because it talks about 
what God's word is designed to do. And if we were to speak God's word boldly in the church, um, it, it, it will do what it's intended to do, right? And so in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Let us therefore strive to enter into that rest, that rest that God's people have yet to enter, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. It says, For the word of God is living and active. This is just alive, but it's working, right? And it says, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account that's how, man, that's so powerful. How do we speak truth and how do we speak the word of God boldly and we do, and, and not see change? Where the word of God is spoken, there's something happening. When we proclaim it boldly, something Amen. is happening. When we retract the word of God, nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. Because we're not powerful on our own. You know, it's, if the, the word of God is, is that powerful, that penetrates the bone and the marrow, when we soften the message, we're not giving the complete word. It's not going to penetrate. Okay? The full word of God in context. Okay? It, it's what's going to do the, the work that is intended to. If, if we cut it short, if we take out pieces just to soften it up, it's not going to do. We're going to dull that sword. And it's not going to be effective. Uh, and do you think that's sort of also the, the other flip side of this problem? And in the sense of why are the people ignorant? Why are the people not involved? Why are the people voting the wrong way? Is it also because we're not boldly proclaiming the word of God in, in our churches? That's why, because there's nothing active um, and there's nothing sharp that is you know, exposing our nakedness to God, right? Like we, we need, imagine when we're naked, what are some of the emotions we feel? We feel embarrassed. We feel, oh my God, like, like I cover myself. Like there's a, there's a, a sense of awakening in our, in our discernment and our conscience when we're naked and what the word of God is intended to do is expose us so that, so we have, you know, uh, shame. The, oh, my Lord, I, I actually voted for Biden. I should feel ashamed. I, I, you know, and it's not because of Biden. Please understand this. It's not because of Biden. It's not because of a Democrat. It, let's just put it like this. If Biden were to get up today and say, I've given my life to the Lord. I, I want to protect children. I want to support traditional marriage. I, you know, I believe in freedom. I, I want to help people. I, I, I'm for the law. I, you know, uh, if he were to say that, then then I think we should vote for Biden. <laughs> you know what I mean? It has nothing to do with Democrat or Republican. Sure. It has to do with God's word. Amen. 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 All right. Well, what we're going to do right now is jump into a quick. Uh, it's probably a minute break, and then we're going to come back with our final. Um, our final segment, which is the solution. What do we do 
moving forward. We'll be right back. Hey, Patriots. Thanks so much for watching. In just six weeks, we've been able to triple our viewership. However, one little dilemma. Not everyone who watches is subscribed. So please hit the subscribe button and it will help us to understand if we're being effective. You know, it's the only way we know if this program is edifying to you. Now we do have three options, YouTube, Facebook, of course. However, we've added a third live streaming option to Rumble. And you may ask yourself, why? Why Rumble? Well, Rumble doesn't cancel you. And so in the event that we get canceled, there will be a third option where we'll be able to uh, engage with you and connect with you. And so this is extremely, extremely important. So go over, download the app to your phone or connect on PC, create an account. Look us up, the Patriot Collective Podcast. Again, don't forget to like, comment, and share. God bless you. All right, we're back for our final segment for today. And we're going to be discussing the solution. How do we begin begin, excuse me, engaging and participating <coughs> differently to begin um, seeing the tide change. And, you know, one of the things that I hear about the solution is this thing called Christian nationalism. And I know that the, the, the world is all up in arms. If you do any type of search on nationalism, you're going to get things from white nationalism. Uh, what was that? that article that you or that youtube video you saw josh yeah it's, it's white christian nationalist uh chris rosborough or oh, fighting for the faith he just he actually just did it last night okay and he was talking about these people are racist just a bunch of racist i don't okay. know if i could repeat a lot of the stuff they said but uh it was they're using that christian nationalist they just mm -hmm. add white to it and then you know of course they're saying that the tower the tower of babel uh, separated the races and God wanted the whites to be in control of everybody else. It's, it's just so twisted. And of course, yeah. using the word of God. Oh, uh, that's terrible. Well, I can tell you that Christian nationalism is not that, uh, despite what the world is telling you, um, it, you know, what we're really starting to have is a conversation. <laughs> it's still, in my opinion, in its infancy, um, I can tell you that uh, there's a lot of ideas. Christian nationalism means a lot of different things, good things, but to different people, how far we can go. But I think we do need to start having a conversation about um, what influences should our elected government, at least, at least on a local level. Uh, you know, maybe we can have that discussion on the federal level, but at least in a local level, how much influence should the church, should our biblical beliefs have in our institutions? You know, um, I, I remember a time and, I, and, I've, and I've read it and I've posted it earlier in this video that we posted about Virginia having a God honoring um, process on its um, legal code. Everything began with that about honoring God, having the soldiers honor God, the, the whole purpose of government uh, at least locally, was to honor God. What's so terrible about that? I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of Christian resistance to that. But, um, you know, what are your thoughts on that, Josh? Do you think 
that we would see a benefit to having our local government in some way um, uh, affirm the laws of God, the values of God. I think that because Christians gave the government too much authority, you know, the, the Bible tells the Christians to take care of the widows, take care of the less fortunate and stuff. When when the church stopped doing their duty, that's when the government's taking over. So I, I, honestly, I, I think that we should take power from the government, but <laughs> that that's something else of than what you asked me. But uh, what I think, Ben, uh, that's going on is... Um, uh, before I answer the question, can you tell me what you, what you, your definition of Christian nationalism is? Well, that's a great question. I don't. G give me a simple answer, though. I, you know, I don't want to be here two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. No, to me, Christian Christian nationalism is, um, at some level, having institutional influence and identifying our country our nation as a christian nation it's taken us back to the intent and the environment and the culture that was embraced by our fathers our founding fathers ab about what we believe in and why we believe it you know why do we have the laws we have a lot of them were derived from the scriptures so i think it's kind of returning to that yeah, because man, when I when I looked it up again, you know, I didn't know a lot of the terms you guys use. I, I don't I don't understand. I had to go Google them, you know. So so when you told me, oh, let's talk about this, I researched it, man, and I came out with so many definitions. Like there's not a consensus right. on it, you know. There's a prosperity gospel, uh, nationalism, you know, where where they call it the seven mountain mandate, where yep. we had to take over, you know, education, religion, family, all this stuff. And of course, there's is twisted because they use the word of God uh, to tell us that we're supposed to do these things before Jesus come. Like, like That's we right. have to help Jesus, you know. It, it's I think it's called uh, dominionism or something like yep. that. So it's and again, it, it's twisting the word of God to to say something that it doesn't mean. It to me, you know, I, I you know, I, you guys know English is not my 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 first language. You know, I came over here when I was 15, so I don't know Spanish. I don't know English. I'm in the middle. Okay. <laughs> Spanglish. But, but but I love the United States. You, you know, I love it. I will never go back to Puerto Rico because, I you know, I just love it here. Everything's so good. You know, where can, a, uh, you know, somebody that doesn't even speak English, you know, can have a, a business for almost 25 years. You know, not only I have three businesses, mm. you understand? Uh, where can anybody else do that? That's why everybody wants to come here. Right. You know, so you have to respect where you are. And I, I love the USA. You know, if I had to go to war, I'll, I'll, I'll go defend it because, you know, this is where we are. And we should all be patriots. We should all want what's best for where we where we're at. OK, now uh, God is our alliance is always going to go to God first. So even though, you know, we love the USA and stuff, uh, God has to be our, our, our main force. You know, he, he should be our main motivation. And what you say, the, the, where we are, we, we should, like you say, we should influence somehow uh, who's going to be in power. Because if, if we continue not caring about it, we're going to continue, you know, the other people that do care are going to put the people they care about in power. 
and then that that's when things are going to go even they're going to go even worse where not only our kids are going to be learning from drag queens now we're going to be at work we're going to be at work getting you know i'm a copier technician you know i imagine seeing a video with a drag queen dropping the wig on the copier trying to fix it because everybody's going to be learning from them right you understand? right yeah you know and so if, the, if we don't do something that's what's going to happen that's you got it and that and that's what i fear we've been doing a lot of nothing you know what we've said is look you know our job is to spread the gospel our job is just to teach the bible and spread the gospel but i'm thinking in back of my head how do i divorce loving your neighbor from the country like we live in a country of our neighbors right our neighbors are our countrymen they're they, they compose the country if you removed every citizen and you were left alone um, you really wouldn't have a country. You would just have ground. And so when we say country, understand this, believer. We're talking about the culture. We're talking about what we're manifesting for our kids. And I don't mean manifesting like manifesting the creative power of God. I'm talking about like, like what we create when we celebrate things, what we create when we honor things, what we do when we pass laws, we are creating a culture that is going to either defy God or it's going to honor God. And, and we need to play a role in that. And here's why. You hit the nail on the head again, Josh. The reason why is, is because if we don't fill those seats, the pagans will. And yeah. the pagans are going to put their laws, their values in place for our children and our culture. And, and here's what I began thinking. I said to myself, um, are we, uh, is the world in better hands? And I mean the world, believers, unbelievers, Buddhists, Muslims, Jehovah Witness, Jews, are they in better hands with a pagan in power or is the world even atheist in better hands with a christian um someone who's christian who who's a born-again believer and and they're in power in the, in, in the governing body i with hands down hands down i would say that a christian and rulership is much more responsible, much more compassionate, much more aware and thoughtful than a pagan is. Yeah, uh, I saw the the Pew Research Center. They did a, you know, uh, uh, they did a research, uh, and and here I, I'm sorry, I always mess up the, I always mess up the, the research they do, but it, it says here that all non Christians, okay, eighty one percent. <laughs> do not believe what you just said mm -hmm. you know that they, they say that the the, the Uni united states should not be a should not be a christian nation should not be governed by christian ethics you know so we're going against again if we become a christian nation which only 51 percent of all u.s adults believe actually 45 percent of, of adults believe that the united states should be a christian nation okay why again we go back to sin why do, don't they want the christian nation because god's morality is going to show their sin it's mm. going to show that you know you're dirty you're messed up 
they don't yeah. want that of course they don't want that but that's that's what's been happening since since the united states was founded you know mm. we are you know the united states is where it's at because we were founded in those those christian morals right you know, right if, if we wouldn't have founded the united states you know that way we'll probably be communists we'll probably be you know still bowing to the queen or or anything anything like that so we had to go back to 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 our founding father's dream of, of where we need to be because if we continue going again downhill it's every there's not going to be religion there's not going to be any religion there's not going to be muslim there's not going to be christianity there's not going to be you know jewish there's not going to be buddhism there's not going to be anything so it, right. it's not about us getting together but it's the only true god has to lead us amen yeah you know and my my concern is you know a lot of people would say well you know Christ, uh, america wasn't a christian nation there were deists or they were, you know, some of them were secularists. There were some who absolutely were Christian. And said, so, look, I, there's historians that would argue both sides, uh, good historians that would say, yeah, there were deists, but there's different levels of deism. And uh, here's what we know for a fact. We know absolutely for a fact, as the Bible was used to construct laws, we know, as a matter of fact, that deism saw the natural order of god and so they borrowed from scripture principles and moral values and so if that if those who perhaps you know and i'm going to throw out the bill o'reilly's you know who you are you're not christian but you're very traditional in your view you believe stealing's wrong you believe murder is wrong you believe abortion is wrong um you, you know, you believe that men should be men. There's a creative order in things. And, you know, and so I would say that you should want Christian nationalism because the goal of Christian nationalism, I think, and my point is, at least in, in the form that I believe in, is not necessarily to always convert the world, but is to provide, you know, enough Christian influence that gives our children hope to understand the gospel uh, gives enough light in our classrooms and in our civic responsibilities to echo the conscience of God, the thoughts of God. And then you have the freedom to make the choice on where you want to go or if you want to believe if you don't. But right now, without Christian nationalism being discussed, I don't see how Christianity is going to get a, fa a fair shake in the public square. It's just not. Uh, so we have to actually begin getting involved to some extent um, because right now it's just not happening. Yeah, we, we have to care where we are. We are in the United States. You know, if you're seeing from, from anywhere else, you know, maybe this part doesn't apply to you. But uh, us as Americans, we have to care where we are. We have to, to we, we see what's going on, you know, since joe biden has been in office what's going on in the classrooms what's going on with the abortion rates even though thank god that roe versus wade uh you know was repealed and stuff and that that has helped but still uh we know where this is going and and we have to 
to put in office who's going to align with our Christian ethics, you know, with our Christian morals. If we continue not caring, if, oh, you know, it doesn't matter if I vote, it's not going to make a difference, you know, that, that mentality, it, it's not, it doesn't help, it doesn't do anything, you know, besides the fact that we have to teach our children, you know, how they should act, because if not, the drag queen is going to teach them, that liberal teacher, you know, in college, in the university, it's the one that's going to raise your kid, and, and, and that's what's happening a lot. You know, even in church, you know, as parents, the church, it's not the one that's supposed to teach the story of Noah, the story of Joseph. These stories to your kids, you know, they should know it already. Mm. You know, it's it's not only we do that with the church, we also do it with school, where where the school. Oh, that that's fire! Yeah, and 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 again, you know, why is the government taking over? Because we're letting them. Yep. Okay, because we're lazy, because we want them, you know, to send us a check, you know, and, and, and us not have to do anything. And, and that's where it's failing. It's failing in the church where, where we have, you know, a teacher, you know, for 30 minutes, try to teach the, your son a story that should take you hours to teach him. You know, why, what does that mean? What does it mean where Jonah was in the belly, uh, the belly of the fish for three days? What does that mean? What does that really mean? Mm. You understand? Yeah. Teach, teach the word. Teach, you know, even in school, you know, you're not, you're not good at math, man. At least now with YouTube, you could go on YouTube and, and teach, you know, learn a little bit, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's the parents' job with the kids. It's not somebody else's job, and, and we're just letting them. Amen. I love that, Josh. I think you, you, you're highlighting some, you're throwing down some good wisdom there in the sense that you're absolutely right. This is, again, symptomatic of the problem. Just like we just drop our kids off at church and expect the pastor to create miracle products, we create that same discipline. We take our kids to school. We don't know what they're learning. We don't question them. We don't review the homework assignments that they're going to write, those writing assignments. We don't even look at that. And our children are being discipled to what? Well, with, with doctrines of demons. I mean, when you say... Um, you know, the trans community, they're, they're dancing and having these library time or educating children, whatever with whatever they're doing, story reading time. Let's really be honest of what we're talking about here. Who's promoting that theology? Those are doctrines of demons that are being taught to our children. And, and we don't, we, we, we're just totally oblivious to it. And so that, that is certainly concerning. And so but here's here's kind of what I want to do want to make sure that before we close today, that you understand what we're not saying, what you understand what we are saying. We understand that Christian nationalism is this big. It's a macro picture. There's a lot of yeah. definitions flying around and, and there's some that can be extreme with good intent, but super extreme. And there can be some that but we gotta start somewhere and you know when the founding fathers uh the start of this nation was pretty violent and 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 it there were godly people who said we we didn't want to murder more than we have to and there was a time to pick up arms and then there was the time to have peace and lay them down and this is the time for the church to begin having that discussion on on fighting back, and I don't mean with violence. I mean fighting back with our minds, our hearts, and and our votes and our involvement 
and understanding and begin developing having these discussions on what that looks like. Um, and so I'm going to suggest if you are on Twitter, a good place to start is following a gentleman by the name of William Wolf. I followed him, uh, and and it's uh, it's been very edifying because he's very thoughtful. Um, he's reformed in his faith. He's a Baptist, and um, but he has um, very very good insight. He was also in the Trump administration, um, in the, I I believe the Department of Defense, if I'm not mistaken, um, but. Uh, Long story short, he's a good person to follow because he's constantly talking about this. William uh, Wolf is good. Um, Stephen Wolf w wrote a book. He's probably somebody else that you want to look into. Um, you know, you may want to look up. I, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, but maybe they are because I sometimes William has pointed towards Stephen and 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 so maybe there is a relation. I don't I don't know yet. Um, but I I have had small exchanges with him in twitter so maybe i'm going to try to get see if he'd be willing to come on the show and and kind of share with us what exactly um, his idea of christian nationalism is so that we can get a good idea and 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 something that maybe we can get behind um and and he can answer all you know questions so i'm going to reach out to him and hopefully it's something that's favorable and um and also if you're interested in researching more look up theonomy i'm not a theonomist but um certainly it's something that if you want to dive into a what a more extreme version can look like that's certainly something but again we need to have a starting point of a conversation about this on on it's not just going into the voting booth and voting your ideas it's how we pick our candidates at least at a local level like who are who's the school board the, have you ever voted for your school board? Have you ever gone to vote for a school board member? I mean, I think about that. Like, that's so granular, local, right? Do you know who they are? Do you know who's running? Do you know who their values are? Who do they worship on Sunday? Um, these are the people that pass the budgets to buy the books that your kids are going to be reading, right? And so even at that level we need to get involved in and we need to have a large discussion a big discussion on getting pastors in those boards and and getting deacons in those boards and getting people who know the word of god who fear the lord in those positions and mayors and city men and councilmen um and and more christian lawyers all of that jazz pastors are too busy already bro not pastors <laughs> <laughs> retired but, pastors but, retired pastors but, 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 but like you said ben again it's it's let, let's uh, to me let me let me align it with the word of god okay Amen. so uh, jesus told us as christians we had to pick up our cross meaning we had to put everything aside and pick up jesus okay now we do that as Christians. We're, you know, we, we put Jesus first. We put God first. He's first in our lives. Okay, now we're, we're part of this world. Okay, we're still not in heaven. So we're still part of, the, part of this world. So what do we need to do as responsible Christians? Okay, to kind of like be salt and light of the world. 
Amen. Okay? And to be a responsible Christian, we had to do what you just said. We had to go and worry, you know, for our children. What's going even even as even smaller being part of the association where you live, mm. something as simple as that. Yeah, you know, it's it's we have we have to do work. We have to stop getting home, getting you know, being tired, you know, and. and staying in the couch watching tv all night yeah. you know we're gonna have to 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 be uncomfortable a few nights a day not only to go to church and congregate with our brothers maybe to go to another day to go to a meeting in a school like you said Ooh, you know if, if yeah. they have a you know one of these open forums in a school you're gonna have to go and even if you sit in the back you you know you're uncomfortable you don't want to speak at least be part of it so you know what's going on Amen. Okay, Amen. and that's what we need to do. If we pick up our cross as Christians, we also got to pick up kind of like not our cross, but we had to pick up our weight as humans, uh, so so we could we could make this world, you know, where we are a, a better place and a better place that aligns with the Word of God. You know, Amen. not only you know it's, it has to align with the Word of God. It's not a better world where everybody loves each other and every everybody's happy. No, it, it's we have to align each other with the Word of God. Beautiful, beautiful. And we are going to end at that note. It's a well, well said note. Everything's about carrying the cross and being biblical, being in aligning with God's word. So whatever it is that we choose to promote, it has to align with God's word. Love that. Amen. All right, Josh, hey, can you close this out in prayer? Amen. Yes. I want to thank you, Lord. First, I want to pray for Isaac, that he's with us next week because we love him very much. I want to thank you, Lord, for tonight, Lord. I hope that, that our words, you know, come from you, that come from your spirit, that, that you are speaking through us, Lord, and that, that our word is like that double-edged sword that is going to penetrate. It's going to make our brothers or sisters that are listening, Lord, just move to action, move to action to be better Christians, move to action to be better citizens of the United States, Lord, to start loving yes, your country Lord. more, where we care more, Lord, Hallelujah. about what's going on, what's going on in our schools, what's going on in our government, what's going on in our cities, Lord. I pray, Lord, that that these videos, Lord, are helping people, that are convicting people to move to action, to get off their butt, Lord, and, and just to work for you, to be able to represent you in a manner that is worthy to you, that it's like a pleasing aroma, Lord. Our works, I pray, Lord, that, that our works are honoring to you lord in everything we do thank you lord in the name of jesus amen amen all right folks we thank you for joining the patriot collective please make sure you like and subscribe to this this is the only way we know you're paying attention It's the only way we know that we're being effective and we're edifying this is an extension i know josh sees it this way but this is almost like a ministry in a sense that we just want to serve god we want to honor him and all that we do and so this is how we know when you comment and engage and watch this channel thank you god bless you and until next time amen bye